We're in this series called Rooted, and we started this uh, about six weeks ago, and we have been talking about how we can have our roots, our the spiritual roots in our life go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love that comes from Ephesians chapter three. And everything up to this point that we have been talking about has been demystifying the practices of our faith, right? We talked about listening to God and how that seems kind of, you know, kind of out there. But yet the Bible makes it a very real thing for us not to hear an audible voice, but through God's word and through various ways that, that he literally does communicate and speak into our souls. And we can, we can know that. Uh, we talked about reading the Bible and how it's become for so many of us just a box that we check off and maybe not even that. It just seems like this book that's too hard to read and yet we looked at how we demystify that and how it becomes so accessible to us and how we get to experience God and understand God more through his word. Last week, we, or the week before, we talked about prayer and what that looks like, taking it out of the these and the thous and, and trying to formalize something or get something from God, but instead prayer is this, just this honest communication right where we are uh, to know God more. And last week, we looked at this kind of odd thing called fasting, uh, and if you missed any of those, I'd really encourage you to go online. Uh, you can also, if you have our app, you can go, you can watch them, you can listen to them. But I'd love to have you connect with those because this is really how we do allow our roots to grow down deep. But here's the thing, in all these weeks we've been talking about those things, it's easy to think that this is just a solo journey. This is just something that you do so that you can grow in Christ. Or this is me doing what I can do and, and putting these things in place so that I can experience God. But God didn't design us to walk this road alone. From the very beginning, we know that he designed us to, to live and to operate in relationships. And so tonight, we're gonna look at this deeper connection and what it has to say about kind of our friendship and our relationship and how these kind of close friendships and relationships are actually what allow us to grow deeper in Christ. So this week, as I was doing some studying, I actually went to uh, a website for the forestry service and it talked about some of the redwood forests they have, like the sequoias. I'm actually heading down next week to speak at Hume Lake. So I'm gonna drive right into Kings Canyon and Sequoia National Park and the giant redwoods that are there. And you can read about how redwoods actually um, kind of function and how they get nutrients. Now here are these massive trees, if you've ever been there, massive redwood trees. And their root system is really not all of that, all that deep, but it is extremely spread out. And as I was reading about it, it said that these trees in these groves of redwoods, their, their roots actually start inter interlocking together. And so it's not just their own roots that hold them strong, but it's actually the roots of the other trees that help lock them into place, that help, that give them stability, that actually give them nutrients because as the roots grow together, a tree that's over there may be closer to a water source and a tree over here can actually pull some of those nutrients their way. So it's this whole kind of crazy interlocking, uh, kind of interworking of these trees and their roots together. And I think, man, what a perfect picture of how God has designed us to have our roots as friends and in relationship, our roots to kind of interlock together. So that there are times when I may feel weak. There may be times when I'm not sure how to even take the next step. 
but a close friend is there and I can lean on them. Or when I feel that I'm dry or I feel like it's just a desert time for me and I feel like there's just no nutrients, spiritual nutrients, that someone else can speak that into my life. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Philippians. And I know this passage is on your sheet, uh, but I want you to go there. It's a book that the Apostle Paul wrote. It's a small one. Just go ahead and do your table of contents, whether you're paper or digital. And I want you to turn to Philippians chapter two. And we're gonna read it at the beginning and we're gonna read it and conclude with it as well. So I want you to keep your Bible open to this passage. Now I'm gonna be reading it from the message translation, which is a little more conversational, uh, but you'll be able to follow it in whatever version that you have. So Philippians two, starting at verse one, it says this. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then Paul says this, and do me a favor. Now I want you to hear these. Agree with each other, love each other, and here's the one I want you to catch. Be deep-spirited friends. Paul says, man, if God's done anything in your life, in fact, some versions put it as almost like a rhetorical question. Have you, have you received any comfort from following Christ? And the answer was, well, yeah. Have you experienced uh, any transformation in your life? Well, well, yeah, it's all these, yes, of course, of course. And Paul says, because of what Christ has done, I want you to love each other. I want you to be united together which is what the agreement means. It doesn't mean we all have to be in lockstep and we all you know, have this same thing. It's just that we're, there's unity together. And then he says, I want you to live as deep-spirited friends. One of the problems I think that we struggle with is we have a hard time not comparing ourselves to others, right? We, we're always looking at what other people are doing. We always look at how other people are, are on their journey or doing whatever they do. And we think, oh man, my spouse is way more spiritual than me. I just, I, I just can't do that. Or my friend seems to have it all together and I'm always like struggling. Or maybe we think I could never be like my mom or my dad or my grandparent or whatever it is who, who always seem to have it together or always seem to be spiritual or always could just be so strong in their belief. And you're thinking, I'm not like them. Can I tell you something? Good. Good. Because if God wanted another one of them, he would have cloned them. He made and designed you. You are no accident. Ready for this? God actually likes you. I know other people don't, but no, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I mean, we know we're not perfect. We know we don't have it all together and all those things, but God actually likes this. And you know what he's, the Bible says? That God looks at you and says, you are needed and you are desired. And your faith as small or as large as it is, and you're experiencing and following after Christ is gonna have the uniqueness of you intertwined in it. Does that make sense? So when you follow Christ, it doesn't mean that you, you believe a whole different set of things, because obviously the Bible tells us, you know, here's truth and we walk in that, but it's gonna look different because it's you. And mine is gonna look different because I'm me. And, and you're, 
your faith and how you live that out, it's, it's gonna have a, a different flair to it because it's gonna be flavored by you. And that's no accident because that's how God wanted it to be. See, we're all gonna approach and experience God in uniquely shaded ways, uniquely colored ways, based on who you are. There's a book that came out um, a, a number of years ago and it was called Sacred Pathways. And it's not so important that you remember that. But in this book, it talked about how we're all wired a little bit different. And so we come to different places in our lives and we feel closer to God and we connect with God in different ways. So one of the things it talked about was um, kind of an academic approach. And there are some of you who are wired that when you like take the Bible, you have like other books and you study and you look and you're, there's things called concordances and there's commentaries where scholars have written, you know, about certain passages. Some of you love that. I mean, you just, you just thrive in that. And when you're doing that, you just feel so close to God. And some of you, when you hear that, you're like, oh my goodness, that just sounds like homework for God. Exactly. Because you're not wired that way. There are some of you, you know where you feel closest to God and experience him most is when you're out in nature. So I, I have a little bit of that. Like I love going to the mountains or going to the ocean. And in those places, there's just this sense of, wow, God is so incredible. But I have a friend of mine, his name is Nate. And one time we were skiing uh, up at Bear Valley, kind of on the lower runs there at Grizzly. And we came uh, over the top of this hill and there's a mountain like kind of off in the distance right there, but it's so crystal clear right in front of you. And we came over the top and Nate went, oh my goodness. And I thought he was talking about the fact that this was a black diamond run. And that's what I was looking at thinking, why are we on this run here? And yet he wasn't looking at that. He was looking at this mountain. And I remember him stopping and he just said, how can anyone see that and not recognize this awesome, incredible God that we have? Now, I love the beauty of the mountain, but he had like this spiritual experience, just like unbelievable because he's wired that way. Some of you, some of you love quiet moments by yourself and you just thrive. It's actually called being a contemplative. You love thinking and processing and, and being by yourself. And in those moments when you journal and think some of the deepest thought have come out of people who are contemplative. Some of you are thinking, that's, that's like a nightmare. I love being around people. I'm more extroverted. And I love serving together and being with people and being on a team together. And in those moments, you feel closest to God in that. That's great because we're all wired differently. See, this, this whole idea about our roots growing down deep is not coming from a cookie cutter approach. It's not about you becoming like someone else. If you just be like them, then you'd really have it together. It's, it's, about, it's about doing it together, right? It's about recognizing that you're unique and you don't have to do this solo. But you can walk this journey with someone else. See, here's the reality. Nobody can follow Christ for you. It doesn't work that way. I know we try right? We do things like this. Well, you know, I, I don't know how much I believe, but man, my mom really believes. That's really great. That doesn't count for you. See, your faith is your faith. It's for you. So nobody can follow Christ for you, but I want you to hear this, but they can follow Christ with you.
Let me say it again. Nobody can follow Christ for you, but they can follow Christ with you. A few months ago, we unpacked the topic of relationships and the importance of being in community with each other. And we talked about why life groups are so crucial and, and having some people that you gather together with. Whether it's official or not, it could just be your family that gathers together. It could be you and a few friends, but you're, you're following Christ together. There's so, so much power in that. And it's not just so that we can have a program or a ministry. It's so that we can live in the reality that life is better together. And we talked about the dangers of being alone and isolated because that's when the enemy sneaks in and begins to steal things from us, like our joy and our peace. He works overtime on our vulnerabilities. In Ecclesiastes 4, it says this, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And here's the key part. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. See, it's this whole idea of you and me and Christ together. We weren't meant to do this by ourselves. So today's message is going to be a little different than the relationship uh, in community message because I want us to focus on not just a group that gathers together, that does a study together, but I want to kind of tighten the circle a little bit and ask you this, who is the one person or those two people in your life we're not talking about a soulmate here, but maybe like a soul friend, a deeper connection who follows Christ with you. See, all through the scriptures, we read about deep connections and friendship all the way back from the very beginning of God's creation with Adam. God modeled the importance of friendship and connection, and he created Adam in his image so he could really enjoy a relationship with him. Now, up to this point in the creation account, every time God finished something, he said it was good. But for the very first time, God sees something, and it's not good. And you know what's not good? Adam's alone. Creation is incomplete because his creation is by himself. And God does something about it. He creates Eve to be in relationship with Adam, not to rule over or dominate, but to come alongside him in this journey called life. So, so what's the model for us? And how does this deeper connection and this friendship that, that is deeper down to our souls, how does that happen? Well, I'm going to give you three things, uh, and I want you to write these down. The first is this. I can invite a friend closer because God invites me closer. See, God has always modeled this for us. He shows us what it can be like, and then he says, now you can take that step as well. From the moment God's Spirit urges and compels us to surrender our lives to Jesus, he's giving us an invitation to connect with him. And it's the greatest invitation ever. Think about it. The creator of the universe gives each of us an invitation to say, come, lean in close. In fact, there's this, this statement that's used uh, through the Bible where he says, come away with me. Come away with me. This one-on-one this -on -one friendship with him. And this invitation he gives is the same one he gave to Adam at the very beginning. He invites us to truly know him, to sit with him, to meet with him, to talk with him, to feel his closeness, to know him, experience all that he has for us, and to one day spend eternity with him. Did you know that? Did you know that he has given each of you a personal invitation? And of course, the bigger question is, have we responded? Have we accepted that invitation? 
That invitation from God into something deeper is our model. And because he invites us, we we begin to turn and say, we can invite a friend into something deeper. I know we can have fun talking about sports or hobbies or, or the news, and there is a time and place for that, just to kind of have fun together as friends. But how about a friend that can speak life and truth into us? What about a friend that we can trust? Not someone perfect, but someone who's willing to honestly grow in Christ and walk together in this journey. You know, all through the Bible, we see the picture of people in connection and friendship together, encouraging one another, growing together in following after Christ. Do you know the Bible shows us that? In fact, I want to give you one picture in the Old Testament of two great friends who spurred each other on to deeper things with God. It was a man named David. He became king. He was the one that fought Goliath. But the story we're going to read is, is kind, of, kind of before that, before that happens. And uh, this young man that, that he becomes friends with, his name is Jonathan. Now, David was chosen by God through the prophet Samuel to be the next king of Israel. And the king at that time was a man named Saul. So in 1 Samuel 18, it says this. After David had finished talking with Saul as the king, he met Jonathan, the king's son. And there was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David, and from that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe, giving it to David together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Now, that kind of at the end seems a little like, why was he giving him all this stuff? He was entering into a covenant relationship, this strong, deep friendship. And I hear that about Jonathan and David. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Jesus' own words. He told us this, we were to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then what? To love our neighbor as ourself. When we can care and love that deeply, it forges this deep bond. Deep friendship is empathetic. Deep friendship listens without judgment without an I told you so. Instead, it's filled with compassion and love and grace. I don't know about you, it it seems to me like we don't spend a lot of time thinking or processing about the nature of true friendship because it's so easy to get wrapped up in our image and what people think about us and what they see in us. It's like we care more about the impression that we make than we do about having genuine, deep friendships. And you know what? If we're not careful, we will be so, so intentional about crafting an image, especially online, that we won't want people to get too close because you know what happens when they get close? They see our imperfections. They see our weaknesses. And if we're really honest, we're not sure our ego and our insecurities can take that kind of a hit. So we have an important choice to make. We can impress people or we can have deep friendships. See, in deep friendships, they'll see our rough edges. But a true friend will see the good that God is bringing to. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Because most of us here, we don't have that kind of friend. But what if putting down deep roots means trusting God in this? May not be today or may not be tomorrow, but can you trust God enough to venture out and to be imperfect? to listen and love and invite a friend closer because that's what God did for us. Write this down for number two. I can sacrifice for a friend 
because Jesus sacrificed for me. Here's the reality. Deep friendships will always yield some kind of sacrifice from each person in the relationship. Whether it's time, right? Friendships take time. Resources, preferences, emotional, mental, physical energy. There will be sacrifices made to keep a deep friendship alive. And there will be times when one person seems to be sacrificing more than the other. But if the friendship is strong enough, if it's deep enough, those imbalances won't matter in the short term. Think about it. There is no way that any of us can ever repay Jesus for the sacrifice that he made on our behalf. And you know what? He's not asking us to. All he's asking for is us. I've found for me that friendships can't survive for long if each person involved tends to be self-centered, right? Is only thinking about what they want and what they can get. If they're unwilling or unable to put aside their own preferences for the sake of others. The great thing about sacrifice in friendship is that ultimately it leads to joy. Listen to what it says in John 15. It says, for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Now, I don't think this is really talking about like literally dying, but it's saying, I'm going to sacrifice some things. I'm going I'm to lay down my wants, my desire. I'm going to lay down my life to serve someone else. So what does it look like when we do that? Who are are these people that we can do this for? Who's the one that I can trust? Who's the one that I should invite into my life and be willing to sacrifice for? Well, I actually believe there are three different groups of people in each person's life. And you don't need to write this down. But the first is this. It's a friendship where someone is pouring into me, where I'm learning and growing from someone else. Then there's the second one. It's a friendship where we encourage and pour into each other. It's mutual. It's back and forth. And then there's a friendship where I'm pouring into someone. Make sense? So the first one, someone's kind of pouring into me, a mutual encouraging pouring into each other, and then a place where I can pour into someone else. See, on that first one, it's great to have a mentor or a coach or someone who can help you process and navigate through life. Do you have someone like that? Someone who is spiritually mature that you can learn from? I will tell you, I have someone like that in my life. I have a guy that I connect with every single month. He actually doesn't live around here, lives in Southern California. And uh, just this week, we get on FaceTime and, and we, we connect for a little bit. And he has been pouring into my life. He's made me think deeper. He's made me pray. He's made me dig deeper in my own faith. And it has been incredible to have this guy that I respect so much pouring into my life. But here's the other thing. I've had mentors I've never met. Isn't that weird? I've had people pour into my life who don't know me. And you know how they pour into my life? Because there are people who have written things. There are people who have spoken things. I'm learning from authors and I'm learning from people who have had such strong faith. People who aren't even alive anymore. People like C.S. Lewis who's written some incredible things that are so deep I have to read them like four or five times just to comprehend them. And they start impacting my heart and my soul. He's mentoring me even though he's not here anymore. What about you? How about someone you're pouring into? Someone who's learning from you? I know some of you are saying, Dave, no one 
should be following me. No one should be learning from me. Well, I know sometimes that's the case, but I'll tell you this, if you are one step further down the road of following Jesus than someone else, they can learn from you. Just one step further down the road, you have something to offer. But it's the friendship where we encourage and pour into each other that, that we're kind of diving into today because that friendship, that deep connection, that, that kind of friend of the heart, friend of the soul is who God can use to help you grow deeper. Proverbs 27 says this, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. A sweet friendship does something deeper in us. Write this down for number three, and we'll close. God is personally calling me into deeper connections. He's personally calling me into deeper connections. I want to finish with a story found in several of the Gospels about a supernatural moment when Jesus was transformed. And it says in Matthew 17 that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. And it says that suddenly in this, it's called the transfiguration, Moses and Elijah appeared and met with Jesus. Now, it's a pretty surreal moment, and it had some deep implications spiritually. But before any of this happens, in the very first verse of Matthew 17, here's how it starts. It says, six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and he led them up to a high mountain to be alone. And then the story I just told you is what unfolds from that. And again, we could, you could do a whole message on just that transfiguration. But, but it's really this first verse that I want you to see. You see, Jesus had 12 disciples. He called them personally, handpicked them, lived with them, slept with them, ate with them, laughed and cried with them, traveled with them, sailed with them, performed miracles with them, camped on the road with them. He personally selected them to go out and change the world. And he called three, Peter, James, and John, into a deeper connection. He said, would you come with me? Because I want you to see something that no one's ever seen before. I want you to experience something. I want you to see a different side of me that no one will ever see again. I'm inviting you to be part of that. See, Jesus had friends and followers, those who came along for the ride. But when push came to shove, when the teaching and miracles were over, when the buzz was gone, when he was arrested and, and ultimately crucified, they scattered and moved on with their lives because there was no deep connection. But there was a handful that he invited in close to go deeper with him. And today he's inviting us to join him. But he doesn't want us doing it alone. Growing deeper with Christ is not a solo journey. So let me close with this. Who are you inviting into your life? Who are you allowing access to you and into your own heart and soul? Who are you open enough with that you're not trying to impress them, you're not trying to, you know, kind of get around the side with them, that you're just honest with? We said earlier, it's great to have someone pouring into you and it's great that you're pouring into someone else, but who is that friend of the heart? Who is the one that's closer than a brother? Who's the one that's closer than family? And if you don't have someone, it's okay. But can I challenge you to keep your eyes open? Because here's what may be deeper than that. Maybe something's keeping you from letting them in. 
Maybe there's some walls that you've let build up. Maybe it's trust issues. Maybe it's a shame of your past. But let me encourage you to tear those walls down. Not with everyone necessarily, but with that one who knows you. Connect with someone deeper because you need that person. I need that person. And they need you because growing deeper with God was never meant to be a lonely journey. Let me finish with this. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, Philippians 2, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. And be deep-spirited friends. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Father, we thank you that you have shown us the way you have invited us into something deeper and stronger. You've invited us individually, personally, to come in close. And Lord, you doing that is, is simply showing us and preparing the way for us to follow you with someone else, to not be by ourselves. God, when we're by ourselves, we sometimes let our thinking get so crazy and off we sometimes follow whims. We let our emotions sometimes take over. But Lord, with that deep friend, or together, our roots can grow down deep in you. So I pray tonight, Lord, that you'd give us eyes to see. You'd begin to bring that person, whoever it might be, in close, that we can grow closer to you. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.